Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, After Buzzers, to the Netflix original knockout series, The Haunting of Hill House. We are covering part one, the characters of Theo, Shirley, and Steven tonight. We are very excited. Do not click away. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> Oh, scary, ominous music. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. Oh, spooky. I wish we had darker lights, but we don't. It's bright in the studio. <laughs> What's up, everybody? We are very, very, very excited. I say three berries because there are three of us here, here on the panel. We are very excited to be covering The Haunting of Hill House, one of the most epic pieces of television that I personally have ever watched. I am joined by two beautiful ladies. I'm going to have them introduce themselves, please. Hey, what's up? I'm Taylor Gates, and I agree. This was like... This is mind-blowingly good. Yes. Yeah, I would agree, too. Hey, guys, I'm Krista Flungy. Um, you So, a little bit of uh, The Haunting of Hill House, really quick, just to set the mood, shall Ooh. we? No live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and katydids are supposed by some to dream. Hill House, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood for more than 80 years and might stand for 80 more. Within walls can... Continued upright, bricks met neatly, floors were firm, and doors were sensibly shut. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House, and whatever walked there walked Walked alone. alone. Now, just based off of that amazing quote from Shirley Jackson's 1959 novel, setting off the tone of the series, what were your guys' initial reactions? I love a good voiceover, so (laughs) I was into it. I think it definitely set the mood and the tone of it really well, and sort of like the isolation effect, like the walked alone line especially, Mm -hmm. about, you know, this is a show about people who very much feel isolated from each other and are having a lot of trouble forging those connections after this, you know, traumatic event in their lives. And so I think it was a great idea to, you know, start off with a quote to pay homage to Shirley Jackson, and I think that was a great one to pick. Yes. I agree. I really and how it showed like the family pictures as we were going through it, which it, this house is like the embodiment of this family as it goes on throughout the episodes that we watch. And I just think it did. It set the tone, and you knew from that start you were like, "Oh, this is going to be good." Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I first started watching this show, um, by first started, I mean like the first minute, two minutes, yeah. because after that it just encompasses you and just captures you. But I was a little weary because if we know anything about Netflix, you know, some of the shows that they push out, especially horror shows, don't really hit the nail on the mm-hmm. head. This one thankfully did. It literally checked off every box that I can expect yeah. from a horror show. And I say horror very loosely because it was more suspenseful, more thriller, but it did have jump scares. Mm-hmm. It did have really creepy moments that will haunt you pun intended for probably the rest of your life yeah. it did for the Crane family um, 
And it was created, directed, and edited by Mike Flanagan, who's done other projects such as Hush, Oculus, Gerald's Game. And Taylor, you were telling me that a lot of his char- uh, actors that he's used in other projects, he's infused into this. Yeah, obviously, um, Hush has his wife, who is um, Katie Seagal. Theo. Theo. Hush is Wonderful. by far, Hush is literally my favorite scary movie ever. Is it? I haven't seen it. I'm, to be Girl. completely transparent, <laughs> I'm not, I don't I do haven't horror. seen it either, you guys so I need to, to watch it. it. It's brilliant. I love horror. I it's just brilliant. don't no, I haven't yet. It's I haven't list. really watched horror before this. To be completely honest with you, what drew me to it was the cast, and then I, and then I've started watching more horror after this. Like I've watched both Conjuring's after, so it kind of got Ooh. me, yeah, oh. in the horror mood. But <laughs> which is true. I have my roommate. I watched it with her, and she hates horror. She won't watch anything, but she loved this. So I think that was. It's just when it's in an episode like so like this, and you get to know the characters, mm-hmm. and you're really. You're intrigued by what's going to happen next. It's not just, like, the horror part that gets you in. It's the storyline of it. So it was... Everyone loved it. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah, horror. So as it. soon as I saw that it was a horror genre, I was like, oh, well, I, I have to watch it. Anything zombie, uh, gory, horror, whatever, I'm all I'm about in. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was pleasantly, obviously, surprised, which is why we're here. Let's dive in, you guys. Um, so... The quote that I uh, started off the show with was uh, voiceovered by Steve, the character Steve, um, and he was the, I want to say pessimist of the entire season, Um, and I don't, I didn't not like him, let's be clear, I just didn't know, compared to his siblings, there were other likable characters. Agreed. He was, honestly, on my list, I think it took me the longest to really vibe with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we start off the show with Luke and Nell as as children. Um, And we'll get into their characters, but I want to talk about the ghost that we first see, which is the Bentnick lady. That's the first ghost that we are introduced to of the show. A great one to start off with. Thank you, because that storyline is insane. And I don't want to dive too much into it, but just... Which is probably why we start off with her, if you think about it. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. And I love... And Taylor has some favorite quotes later on also, but the dreams, the way that that um, the father, who is young Elliot uh, from E.T., if you guys hadn't known that, we do, and I think it's brilliant. But the way that he starts it off... I loved that. Just this ominous kind of like, you know... Uh, but it's so... I know I'm jumping around. I'm so, I have so many thoughts, you guys. Um, the way that a parent explains something to a child, it's so unfair I want to say like it's brilliant and you want to protect them obviously but it's so unfair because you're totally discrediting their feelings and And their intelligence because sometimes they're a lot smarter than you think they are yes but the way he did it was so perfect and you know he's told all the kids that story because each one of them even Steven who was still in the doorway would Mm -hmm. like chime in and he'd be like like an ocean you know and Mm -hmm. the kids had heard it so many times so it's just it was like cool seeing his parenting which we get a lot of how they parented throughout the series but or the episodes but yeah, I just liked, I loved that sequence. The whole dream, I liked it a lot. I agree. And I mean, I think that the father and Olivia are such, that's what makes them such an interesting, like, marital dynamic mm-hmm. because she is the one that kind of does, like, very much validates their feelings, mm-hmm. very much, you know, is more, of, like, feels more like an equal to them just because she has all the sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really cool to see them kind of contrast, but then also work as a unit. Yes. Um, and I like that we kind of see them doing the same sorts of things. Like, she comforts, you know, people after the nightmares, and she spends the night with Nell yes. um, when she sleeps on the couch. And so I just like 
to see them work together and see their different styles because it's really interesting yes. and it it makes sense why they would go together since it's like the whole opposite of yes. that thing. I agree. I agree. The yes. parenting was on it was on point. Them together, it was like perfect. He was more level headed and like he'd keep like especially when the kids were talking about the nightmares, which any normal parent would be like, it's just you know go back to bed. Dreams are. But she was like she could relate to the kids, yes. so she was sensitive to that, and it was a very. It was interesting to see that work out. I'm glad you were both using the word sensitive when yeah. it comes to uh, Olivia, the mother, uh, mother's character. Put a pin in that. Um, I also liked how they balanced each other out yes. as parents. I also liked that they were flawed mm-hmm. when it came to Majorly, the to the kids. Yes. Like they weren't like all lovey dovey and and cozy with them. It was like if you did something wrong, like you need to be punished and you go and, you know, mm-hmm. clean up after yourself after you wrote on the wall, which she really didn't. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I like that they were flawed because it, it made me relate to them a little bit more. It wasn't just this lovey-dovey couple and everything's perfect. Like, no, you can you can initially sense that they are stressed, that they don't want to be here, but this is the last chance before they can mm-hmm. build their forever home. And also, that's a lot of kids. They're not going to be perfect at all times. Exactly. So. Yes, I agree. Um, we are introduced to the Red Door in literally the first episode, which... Again, pretty makes much yeah. gives us everything that we need mm-hmm. from to the last episode. Um, but it's very haunting. There are a lot of things. Obviously, the haunting of Hill House. There are a lot of little things that were um, haunting. I don't know what else. Uh, what other word to describe it as? Um, and the red room is one of them. It's just one of those just persistent things in the background. It's always locked. Why is it always locked? There's all these questions. Why are they trying to get into it? What's in there? Like, And then there's little things under the crack of the door. It's like these really weird yes. and creepy things that just stick in your mind. Which I was with them. I was like, what is in that room? Yes. I need to see it right now. There it is right there. The, yeah. the red door. It's what creepy I... and ominous and moldy around. Yeah. <laughs> right? Come on. What I did appreciate, though, is I feel like sometimes shows will withhold something for, like, so yes. long that it gets, like, annoying. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that th- with the show, though, because they mention it just enough to keep your interest, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, the entire center of the show. Like, there's so much else going on that mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I wanted to skip past to just find out what was in there, yes. which I feel like is a big problem with some mm-hmm. shows. Um, so I just think they did a really good job balancing suspense, but, like, with character development and just keeping the pace really... Like yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. There's just so much information coming at you at mm-hmm. all times that you'd forget that you wanted to know what was behind there because you were yeah. learning about 15 other things. Yeah. yeah, and we don't even get into the red room until episode nine. Yeah, so like you said, Taylor, to keep that suspense up with just a door is brilliant. But then the payoff of it is so worth it. Oh yeah, that you're like, well, I don't even care that it wasn't <laughs> even this room. This first eight episodes. Um, I want to get back to Stephen really quick because, like I said, he's the pessimist of the, of the show, and we initially see that when he's helping Irene deal with this haunting. And I don't want to spend too much on her, her storyline, but he debunks her her ghost story very quickly. Yes. Did you? Was that fair? Did you think that she saw what she saw? Or does he, does he explain it to a point where you're like, oh, I guess she is I, the same thing? I believe she believes she saw what she saw. Hmm. But I just, yeah. I don't know. As a skeptic, which he is, I mean, obviously he's going to walk right in and take it. He's going to be like, no. But then again, how is he, you know, at one po- what point do you decide which ones to take? Because he's such a skeptic. I feel like he doesn't believe much of the things he hears. Yeah. And, and he's making a profit off of it, so... 
I agree. And I think that since we're so on board with everyone that does experience all of these things and we're, like, so believing of Mm -hmm. them, that it's kind of, like, maybe that's where our dislike of Steve comes from. Because Mm -hmm. it's, like, how dare you, you know, kind of discredit Discredit this. But I think it is very necessary to have that sort of grounding force that is, like, contradicting everyone and kind of playing off against everyone. So even though he was, like, a little insufferable at times, like, (laughs) having him in the center of it, like, made so much sense from a story perspective. Yeah, it yes. And then there's this added tension of, of Nell's phone call mm. while he's helping Irene, and uh. he ignores it. Obviously, because he's working, but I think that there was another. Obviously, yeah, we find we out see. that there are other emotions behind him pressing decline. Um, and then we're switched over to Shirley because she also gets the same phone call, and it's a voicemail, but she's helping somebody at the. At the that point so she also doesn't answer the the phone call so immediately you can tell from episode one that this family is fractured if you will um they are ignoring each other they don't really want to call each other back i mean it's classic like i really don't want to talk to you so i'm gonna ignore your phone call what was your initial take of the family because at this point we don't really know everything anything that happened we were teased with um the the last night of hill house and how steve was brushed out by his father but other than that not much so what were your initial reactions to why is this family so fractured yeah I think I know we didn't get enough context at that point to really know but as we started to learn and you get a little more of it in the first episode it's just they all each of them had their own thing going on too Mm -hmm. in that house and everyone was seeing something different or personally affected by something different so I just think yeah it's it was like the mystery around the house too. I don't think anyone really knew what was going on, so it was just the confusion of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah. And I just I feel like I really played into whatever they presented to mm-hmm. me. I was like, oh, clearly he's the one that plays the role of the skeptic, and he plays the role of the addict. But that's why I think it's so cool that they have all of these like character-driven, character-centric episodes because it's like, oh. That's not just what he is. And they make everyone more and more dimensional with each episode, especially, you know, when they get their sort of moment to shine because everyone sort of has a spotlight episode. Which was so necessary. I really needed to to actually, I really, I I just, yeah, every character, like Luke, I didn't know what to think of him until we got his episode where we really dived in. Same with all of them. So I think like Theo, you could understand her more once we got it. Mm -hmm. So that helps so much. It felt very, sorry, it just felt very, like, Orange is the New Black to me, which I think is really cool. Like, I wonder if that was a source of inspiration, like, I'm sure. It did feel like that. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't, like, obviously the first show that's ever done that, but I think that that's, like, the first show that I had seen that had done is Orange is the New Black, and so I love it when shows kind of give everyone their moment. Possibly. Speaking of different shows, um... Hey, After Buzzers, our network produces after shows for nearly all of your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments, and we'll thank you on air. 
For now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. We yeah. love you guys. We do the show for you, obviously. This is why we're here. Um, if you guys are listening to us on uh, iTunes, give us a five-star rating. If you're listening to us on Spotify, we love you. Ooh. If you're watching us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Yeah, comment, comment on our... We're here listening. Yeah, we've got some people in the live chat. Obviously, my two lovely ladies are on the live chat right now. We're very excited to interact with you guys because this is going to be a journey. It's a four-part journey. <laughs> we are very excited about it. Um, taking a step back before we went on that little break. Uh, full disclosure, we obviously haven't read the Shirley Jackson novel. It is from 1959, which saying, I mean, it's I'm sure it's amazing. Now I want to. Yeah. I do too, exactly, and I hope that a lot of people do. I'm pretty sure that I will, mm-hmm. but I wonder if she broke down the characters and highlighted the characters the same way that Mike Flanagan did in the series. I wonder, I wonder if he did. she did like chapters of each Oh character. yeah, I'm not sure. I know that the book is very, very different, yes. and this was sort of like a, it was sort of a jumping off point for the show, I think, and it was kind of a different sort of they, interpretation. They like, based it off of it, but they, he, Mike did his own thing with yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Speaking of a jumping off point, as a pilot episode, just episode one, I thought that this was very good. I mean, I feel when you get into pilots in general, they're very hit or miss. You don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And as a pilot episode, I thought this was pretty solid. Yeah, they had me sold from the start. I was Agreed. like, going to finish for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt a little bit overwhelmed, but I think that's really sort of like how you feel you know after mm-hmm. every pilot especially with like seven main characters yes, yes. Um, but overwhelmed I think in a good way like you said I just really wanted to keep watching mm-hmm. and explore them all further right especially since they were doing mm-hmm. these okay episode one is predominantly around Steven and then we get into episode two which is predominantly around Shirley now but before we get into, into Shirley's character I want to kind of wrap up Steve's character in the first episode because the episode is called Steven Sees mm-hmm. a Ghost and I thought that Steven sees a ghost was when he was dealing with Irene. Mm. No, that's not the case. Yeah. He actually sees his dead sister because Nell winds up killing herself, obviously, at the end, by the end of the episode, and he's literally speaking to her. And I could not... Like, what do you do? Like, it's like, what do you do in that, in that instance? I mean, how do you... How do you navigate that, especially from somebody? And I love that it happened to Steven because for it to happen to somebody who is so, it's mental illness. It's, you know, they're all crazy yeah. and all this stuff. For it to happen to him, I love just that makes it, it better. happened to him yeah. because it continues to happen to him, like when they're in the funeral home and he just brushes it off as him needing to get his crap together. Whereas everyone else would be like, holy, you know, we yeah. think this isn't okay. This is the house again but since he didn't experience what the others did to him it's him like hallucinating and he always brings up like the mental illness and I think a part of him is like please don't have what my mother had Mm -hmm. you know kind of thing so I love that it happened to him because it really challenges his skepticism it does and I think it kind of confirms for the viewers in a way that it's like this isn't just mental illness Mm -hmm. like it's a ghost yes like these are supernatural beings in here let me ask you guys this did we expect because we we see Nellie as like a little girl Uh, we see her as an adult we see that she's struggling obviously what happened to her at Hill House did we expect to see her die at the end of the episode so quick yes uh... Because I certainly it's did not. It's what got me hooked, though. I mean, we mm-hmm. I needed that. I, not that I needed that to watch, but I was like, oh, now I can't. I need to hear everyone's stories, especially mm-hmm. Nellie's, how it ended, how they got there. I loved, and just, like, the crossovers, too. They did such a good job from being adult to, like, going back to kids. Like, it always would be, you know, knocking on the door, and then it'd go, and they'd be kids, and then it'd go back to real mm-hmm. life, and it was just, yeah. Speaking of that, hi, this is Brianna from the booth up here. Um... <laughs> I just wanted to bring up, I have some of the side-by-side comparisons yes. of the casting of adult so to good. child. So this one's Steven. 
Wow. It's brilliant. Like, like look at that. That is insane. my favorite. Yeah. 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 That is right on the money. Uh, she that's for one point two. I love that little girl. I don't. I forget what else McKenna she's in. McKenna Grace. But she's in I Tonya. That's in, it. Oh, I Tonya. Thank you. Stuff. Luke. Oh, so cute. Look how cute. I feel is. like Luke was the one that struggled the most I for didn't me. Like that one, yeah. Because I feel like where's his glasses, and because they're so thick, I don't. When he's a little boy, obviously his eyesight would only have gotten worse. So I'm like, and and he's a drug addict, so I'm pretty sure he's not putting in contacts every day like a responsible contact lens wearing person. Yeah. <laughs> so no. I would as I would thought that he would have glasses. That's yeah. fair. And then we have Nell. So cute. And then just to throw it in, we have the dad. There. Wow. Yes. Yes, I agree. That I'm, can you do the mom? Because I think she looks exactly the same. <laughs> she, I wonder why. She, she didn't age. <laughs> she, she, yeah. hey, she looks great. Uh, Carla, J- J- I always butcher her last name. Carla J- Gugini. Mm, I don't know. Carla uh, G. Yeah, we'll just call her Carla G. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Um, Brianna, thank you so much for pulling up those side yes. by sides. Uh, Timothy Hutton, who plays the older dad character, he's just amazing as well. Oh, um, we, we have some people active in the chat. And first of all, Alana's saying a lot in here, but she said she recommends the novel because it's very different. They are not siblings in the book, and she also mm-hmm. said each character represents stages of grief, and Stephen is denial. Yes. Oh, yeah. I did wow. read something about yeah. that, and I'm glad that, thank you that is awesome. for pointing thank that out. You. Um, yeah, each one breaks down into, each character breaks <clears throat> down into a different level which of grief. Which makes sense, oh, I love wow. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Stephen is denial, which makes sense, because he's the pessimist of the entire And uh, it's of all, all relating around their mother's what they think is a suicide. Yeah, yes. that's great. So then great. we go into Shirley, and Shirley is, um, representation of one of the stages of grief is anger. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. rightfully so, because she's just angry at everything. She's angry about paying for Luke's rehab. Got she's on angry my about nerves sometimes. Did yeah. it really? There was just sometimes with her, I know I shouldn't have, <laughs> I but like with Shirley. her and Luke, and I was just like, give him another chance. I know she has so many, but like the wedding scene, which we get into, it's just, yeah. I just feel like she was so tough on Luke. Hmm. She is. I, but I Someone feel needed like, to be, but it was just, oh, yeah. it hurt me. It really did. And I, I feel like personally, I could sympathize with yeah. her because she is, she's the one that is trying to hold everyone together. Yes, like I feel a like new that's, figure. yeah, that's kind of exactly. Yeah. Um. So I like, I felt, I felt bad for. And she's trying to raise her own kids and You're have right. a husband yeah. and right. have this other immediate family and just too. Too yes. soft. It's just so tough. <laughs> no, I. It yeah. It's very yeah. good. <laughs> I think what I love about Shirley in this, in the second episode, we called Open Casket, which is, which is fascinating because she's a funeral director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, because of that. Right. And I need to ask you guys this. Do you think it's a little, I don't want to say weird, but at the same time I want to use the word weird, that she grew up around, I want to say death, because essentially there's all these hauntings, so you know what you're dealing with. It's death. To grow up and deal with more death. Do you think, think it, was a, it was an odd career choice? I think it's fitting too, and I think in a weird way it's sort of therapeutic for her. My friend and I were talking about um, Shirley's decision to actually be the one who like does the makeup and um, all the. I'm not. I don't know any funeral lingo, but all of the things to prepare um, Nell's body. And she was like, "I find that really, really odd. I feel like that would just be too tough." And I'm like, "That actually makes sense to me. Me too. Because it's like that's her way of like, you know, having therapy for herself almost. Like she can fix this one thing. Mm -hmm. She can't fix." anything else necessarily but like she can make her look good for this thing this is her job she yeah. gets in the zone so I I don't know I feel like I understood her character I agree no I did like that she decided to do that mm-hmm. because also that's your job and she in her head she's the best at it and she, that you know who else would she trust to take care of her own sister it just made so much sense to me that especially after the funeral flashback to her mom mm-hmm. and she was like so afraid to go look at the body yeah. and then the funeral director she was like, oh my God, you made her look 
yeah, like her. Yeah. And he was like, that's my job. So she was, you know, that's her like, job. Yeah. I love the similarities of her from when she was a little girl to what she did for the little boy mm-hmm. named Max um, in, in the present. Oh, yeah. I also love what you said, Taylor, about her having to do the makeup for her sister while she was dead. But she also did it for her wedding. And I love that, yes, Shirley might not be the oldest Stephen is, but Shirley seems to one that be the one that has her stuff that, together. Yes. And she takes control and she takes charge of what needs to be taken mm-hmm. care of. Just like she handled Luke with the whole wedding. Yep. Now, that in specific, really quick, I need to ask you guys this. Luke is obviously the addict of the family. They established that pretty early. Do we like how... Shirley handled that. Do you think that Luke should have been invited to the wedding? It was his twin sister's wedding. He should have been allowed. I get why she did it, and she wanted her day to be perfect, and she's always in control. Mm -hmm. So I think in her head, letting Luke in, things could have went into chaos. Mm -hmm. She wasn't... You don't know what's going to happen, but I think at the end of the day, that should have been up to Nell. Like, and also that bond that they have, I just... I don't have a twin, but I could imagine, like, she wanted him there. Yeah. Any sibling, but you're brother. And especially if your mother can't be there, yeah. then you should have every, every member. And I'm sure it hurt because she didn't know that he tried to show up. So in her head, he just never came. Yeah. 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 Um, I just love I just, I just love that. And then the juxtaposition between her doing the makeup for her wedding her, si- her sister's wedding day. Those crossovers so, like, are so That's like the most the crossovers crushing moment yeah. to me. Yes. I'm like, oh man, that, yeah. that got me in yeah. the heart. And then speaking of crossovers, we talk about Shirley and dealing with death and how it's so therapeutic mm-hmm. for her. But then we look at her in this scenario with the kittens mm-hmm. And it's just, it, that was, once again, another word, haunting, mm-hmm. just scenario of, of, wow, okay, you find these kittens, you want to help them, and then they're diseased. Mother them. Mo- which, yeah. 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 That, uh, yeah. That's, it's, So did yeah. they have to do that to the kitty's eyes? Yeah. The, the, co- uh, one of the cockroaches? Yeah, and then when he crawls out of the mouth, everything with those cats, I was like, I don't ever want to look at a kitten again. Well, the funny thing is that, once again, I'm going to go back to the parents being flawed, is because they have to lie to her to protect her, essentially, but they wind up taking the kittens and obviously killing them. Yeah, the disposing. Yeah, because they're diseased. Um, Taylor, you said that this is one of your favorite lines. <laughs> yes, just the delivery. It's like a kind of a serious moment, but I think that it was meant to maybe be a little comedic, where they're fighting, the parents are fighting, which I also love that Loved they kind it. of show that. But um, <laughs> Olivia's just like, you let her keep a box <laughs> of diseased kid in her bedroom. I was like... Which is like so perfect, because that would be what the dad does, and the mom's like, but if you had thought this through, we wouldn't be here right now. Yes. Yeah, And just like out of context I'm like what a line like what? they really let her say that yeah in, the, in this horror show that we're watching yeah yeah. I just love that once again the parents are so flawed but they they balance each other so well I don't know if the kittens had that deep of an impact on Shirley no, it was to, more the mom probably yeah I agree with you I think that the mom took it more to heart than Shirley did. I think yeah. she was too young to fully understand. Sure, what like happened. it's gonna skew, it's gonna mess you up a little, but you're gonna get a little older and be yeah. like, pets die, that happened. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about the mom a lot, and I wanna get back to what you said, Taylor, about her, and you, Chrissy, you guys mentioned her being sensitive. And they, they talk about it in the first episode. She talks to Hugh about these, these uh, color streams, if you will. Mm-hmm. But she says there's something about her having the color streams in this house. They're not colors, they're just pitch black. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sets off the tone on. And me having to rewatch it over and over again, I was like, why was she the one to be haunted? Why was she the one to be targeted? And obviously they were all kind of plagued by these Mm -hmm. ghosts, but she was the one. The girls, too, in particular. Yeah, Yeah. mostly all the girls, but Olivia was the one that really got it the hardest. And we just find out that she has always been sensitive to spirits around her. Mm -hmm. So I can understand 
she has like a I don't receive a door open, but it was definitely unlocked, mm-hmm. and they just tapped into that. Yeah, just sad. Easy prey. Yeah. Yeah. Do we like how she and the whole porch light situation, and how they kept that kind of throughout the series? There was this whole coming home, if you will, theme throughout the series of um, no one now writes her name on the wall and she gets in trouble for it but underneath it says come home now mm-hmm. and then the mother says you know when I flash the porch light twice that means you come home and then we see in the forever home model when Shirley at the end of this <sighs> episode you see it the two lights to come Goosebumps home again. it's like yeah. and then all of these episodes lead to all of them going back to the house it's like all of this foreshadowing mm-hmm. of what is happening and you don't see it until you like watch it again yeah. and you talk about it and you're and like you're that's why the foreshadowing is great. Another moment of foreshadowing, um, or even just like mirroring that mm-hmm. I liked, especially in this episode, was when um, Olivia was explaining to Shirley like why the kittens like died, and she was like, "Because they're not supposed to be here without their mom." Oh, and I was like, uh, oh yes. wow! Yes, yes. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's mm-hmm. a brilliant point. Yeah, you're not technically we're not supposed to be without our moms. And yeah. It's once again just foreshadowing of what they're going to have to deal with. Um, moving into episode three, now we get into to Theo. Now, Theo is one of my favorite characters in the entire show. Me too. I I don't know why I... I don't know if it's her gift that I that yeah. I just, like, really intrigues me, or it's just her as a person the where... The character. I just, yeah, I just loved her character. She just has all these walls up, mm-hmm. and we find out that she has this gift pretty early on, and she uses this gift as a child psychologist to help children. I think it's brilliant. Yes. Coolest gift. Like, out of all the daughters have something different from their mom, and hers was by far the... Coolest. Coolest. I mean, Shirley gets the sleep talk. <laughs> Nell gets to travel through time. Like, yeah. you like macaroni. <laughs> like, uh, no, I loved hers. I, I did too. And just like something about a character that seems so hard and guarded on the outside, mm-hmm. but it's like really this super genuinely soft. super soft and sweet person. Yeah. Like, love characters like that who are not at all what they seem on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yes. But not to put a damper on the whole her gift, mm-hmm. but the only reason she has the gift is because she got touched. Now, granted, she might have been a little sensitive mm-hmm. to these spirits beforehand, but it's because of that touch, that holding of the hand mm-hmm. when she's sleeping. She thinks it's Nell. It's actually a ghost. Yeah. And that's what she uses to go forth and, and yeah. use this gift for positive, yeah. yes. But that sucks, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this ghost kind of put all of this pressure onto yeah. you that you have to wear gloves for the rest of your life because you can't touch anybody. Well, and I also, yeah, I love that her mom, like, one of the last kind of just Theo mom moments they had was her giving her those gloves mm-hmm. to be like, hey, it'll keep the cold away or whatever. And still we see her in adulthood and she's still with the gloves. And yeah. it's just, yeah. In a way, I always felt like Theo presented as like the most mature character. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just like the way she even interacts with like Mrs. Dudley. Like yes. she stands right up to yes. her, no matter what. And it's very protective. Like, yes, I think Shirley is the most maternal, but she also just seemed a little more immature. She seems, and yeah, and I think Theo seemed like the bravest one going mm-hmm. to find the downstairs, like the basement door, and proving that um, Luke was telling the truth. You're right, she was. Yeah. But. We also have to think, Theo also has, yes, we talked about Shirley taking control of situations, but Theo is also open mm-hmm. more to these things, and it's probably because of her gift, um, but Shirley and Stephen both, as the eldest, are very, skeptical. Stephen more so yeah. skeptical and closed off than Shirley. Shirley still is a little bit closed off, but Theo, once you break that sibling age, it's like Theo 
was like, okay, now I fully understand where... And I don't know, do you guys think it's because of her gift and because she can actually see or feel what these things are or mean when she touches it is why she's so open to it or do you think that without the gift she'd still be open to it i think that the gift is definitely part of it but also just the fact that she's a middle child like yeah. you know what oh, i, I like mean that. like mm-hmm. that's kind of she's the deal in some ways of all of them yeah yeah i think that a combination of that and just probably you know who she is as a person all kind yes. of factor into that plus yeah. she could relate more to the younger kids because mm-hmm. she'd believe what they were saying whereas the older kids would be like you know it's just you, it's yeah. you're imagining, yeah. I also feel out of all of the the children and all the characters, if you will, she's the one that really like keeps the story going mm-hmm. because she can see what they can't. She can feel what they can't. Yeah. Just for example, Luke and the dumb waiter. The parents don't believe him. They obviously chalk it up to, oh, you were just scared. It's just the dark. But she can feel. She can sense that there was something down there. There's something wrong. Um, and that just kind of propels the story forward even more. So I love Theo as a character. And then we then we go into her sexuality. And the yeah. wedding scene I is just I loved how they so yes, It was so good. I mean, you can't... The reaction was just perfect. Oh, you didn't know I liked bridesmaids? <laughs> <laughs> and having Shirley's eyes, just yeah. her facial expressions were She's the so sweetest thing. She's she like, was like... Good. What? <laughs> I think what I love about it is that they, they decided to tackle the LGBT stance. I don't know if in the novel. <laughs> Actually, yes. She is. Yes. So, um, in, in the Jackson's 1950s novel, novel yes. that is awesome. They, Shirley Jackson wanted to make it explicit or toyed with the idea yeah. of making it explicit. And um, apparently they have, like, an unnamed partner, they call them. Interesting. Is what oh, they yeah. say. So hmm. it's, like, very, very implied. My roommate. Yeah, it's <laughs> very implied, which My is friend. awesome. Like, yes, Shirley Jackson. That is so yes. great. For 1959. Like yeah. Yes, that's brilliant. I'm so glad that you told me yes. that. Because yeah. that makes it even more intriguing. I really do want to go read this novel. What but did you guys, sorry to it, put in. What did you guys think of the dad being like, oh, your mother guessed, like, from her age of like eight or something like that i love that i feel like parents parents especially mothers always know yeah. about their children especially their sexuality um and it just reinforces the fact that these parents are very present and they know their children very they well they were great parents there's yeah. no like denying that yeah yeah so i love that thank you for that question brianna because yeah. it's a very valid question um but i do love that the fact that the show stuck stuck to her being a lesbian because they could have easily straight washed it yeah. if you will they could have easily made it or made her a, a heterosexual character but I'm glad they didn't I, I love that they didn't and you know not only is she a lesbian but then all of this other stuff comes out of her sexuality when she messes with Kevin and there's that whole thing with her and Shirley um <laughs> Yeah, there's like a whole mm-hmm. world to delve into, uh, which we will probably do on part two, part three. You guys, this is a part four part show, mm-hmm. yes. um, and we are very excited to talk more about all of these characters in general. Um, I do want to close, not close, close, but like just talk about the fact that the money situation. Stephen came to them about you know essentially profited off of their stories to make money off of this mm-hmm. novel. And Shirley, obviously, being the controlled one, being the one that's most put together, didn't want anything to do with it. How did you guys feel about, A, that decision, and B, everybody else's decision to take the money or to do whatever they did I, with the money? I got where Shirley was coming from because, yeah, he was the one that wasn't awake for, like, what did Theo say, 99% of it he was asleep for? So it's basically he's telling their story that he wasn't awake for and then profiting off of it. 
profiting off their mother's suicide, basically capitalizing off of all of these emotions this family's going through, and he's, like, the only one that basically came out unscathed. Mm -hmm. But I also am like, he's going to write it anyways, so, and it's your story, so take the money. (laughs) She's, like, so stubborn, like, to a fault sometimes, whereas it, like, kind of, like, bites her in the butt and, like... You need it, She needs that, And, and the fact that I actually really, like the um, part of her character, going back to episode two a little bit, just the fact that she's giving all these services away for, like, yeah. big discounts. Like, more than 50% of them. And her that. house is like, stop, please stop. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just like, you know how much good you could do with this money. Yes. You know? And so she's just, like, she's very um, much... She is stuck, stubborn. I like her that. Yeah. Very stubborn. But sometimes it's like... <laughs> Like, against on. her own best interest. Yes. Well, speaking of good things to do with the money, we look at Theo's character, and she got her PhD from it, and she's helping other children. Also, she got her PhD deal. with fifteen. Is that what it was? I, with how much did they each get? Oh, it was I like don't know. Fifteen thousand was the check he wrote it, and I was like, "You're gonna go get your PhD with 15000 She's got scholarships. Yeah. She's very well, I think lady. it was like eight percent of the royalty. Oh, okay. So I, I think like, it was girl. a continuous like okay, that makes check sense. income. Oh yeah, because um, they did mention they're still getting royalties. That makes a little more sense. Yeah, I do. I did also want to touch on Theo and helping that child that she was helping oh, with, yeah. Mr. Smiley. I thought that was pretty creepy as well. That got me. That storyline. Yeah. Gosh, just, like, so much she sacrifices to see all these things, like, mm. with, you know, touching the couch there and even touching Nell's body and having to understand that. Like, mm. she, oh, she's so selfless. I love that. Selfless is the perfect mm-hmm. word to describe Theo because I'm sure using this gift is not the most comfortable. No. I'm sure it's not the most easiest thing to do. But she opens herself up to do that to help people and to understand people. But what's fascinating is that she builds up all of these walls to close herself off to everybody else. Yeah. She'll use it when she wants to. And just like with the whole fight between her and Nell scene, when Nell said, you know, you have your limits with yourself, but uh, with everybody else, but not with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair and valid. And I don't, but I also don't blame Theo for that. Either. Because having come with, what she's came through, but also because of her gift and, and seeing what others can't and feeling what others can't, I would be closed off too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys let us know who your favorite characters are. Um, I want to know who you guys' favorite characters are. I think it's Theo. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I just, for some reason she's stuck out to me. I love them all. Like Nell, I really liked her storyline and everything, but I just think as the episodes went on, Theo was always the one that like stuck out to me. I just related with her. I really... Yeah, I like all of them in different ways. It's so hard, yeah. I really like Olivia, though. I think Mm. she's so fun to see. Oh, yeah. Which, like, I understand, like, the main plot is, like, her dying. But I was like, I (laughs) wish we could see her. I know. I want to see more of her. You're right. I really like Olivia, though. But I agree. I think Theo's a lot of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. They all have their, like, good parts, though. They even enjoy Luke scenes. Like, Yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is why this is such a great show. Every character is amazing, and every character you can kind of connect with on, on some certain level. Uh, this was just part one, guys. We're only covering Theo, Steven, and Shirley today. Um, next week, same time, same day, we will be covering Nell and Luke. We wanted to cover them together because they are twins. It's a twin thing, if you will. <laughs> um, but for right now, I want to move into um, our segment. We took the BuzzFeed quiz, <laughs> yes. um, which gave us the percentages of each of our characters that we are like. Um, Taylor, I'm going to shoot it over to you because you're the one who told us about this quiz. Yes, and I will tweet the link out if yes. you guys want to take Everyone it as well after it. this. So I am 50% Shirley, 20% Theo, 15% Steve, 10% Nell, 5% Luke. So I have like a very <laughs> much a little like staircase of people who I'm most like. Oh, Brianna just pulled it up. This is exactly it. These yes. are the questions. There's yes. only like five questions. No, it was super quick. Yeah. But yeah, I'm... um. 
35% Nell and 35% Luke, so right down the middle I'm the twins. <laughs> and then 15% Theo and 10% Shirley and 5% Steve. Very well, at least you guys have, yeah. you know, somebody who are most like, I literally got 20% of each of the siblings. That's, That's insane. so cool, though. Yeah. You're so well balanced. I'm yeah. so well balanced. But at the same time, I was hoping that I'd be like one more one than the specific, other. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'm good with being a balance. I guess I'm a, I'm a all five I'm stages all, of grief. Yes. <laughs> but guys, definitely take out the, the quiz. I, uh, I think our engineer, Brianna, is taking it right now, and I want to I know her um, results in a second. Um, let's move into um, what you guys are looking forward to talking about in the future episodes. Uh, everything. There's just, like, certain episodes that I can't wait to talk about. I'm so... Like, the I... two storms. Well, yeah, really quick, yeah. yeah, let's talk about that. What was your favorite episode of the season? It might be the two storms. I just... The cinematography in that one was so brilliant, and it's... Yeah. I think that one, but again, I don't know. I just like them all so much, but that one was a big favorite for okay. me. Okay. Episode six, yeah. the one with the the long shots, which I've read like so many like Twitter threads that Mike Flanagan oh, has yeah. posted, watched all the behind-the-scenes videos. It's fascinating. We'll definitely dig into that on our part three. I also really liked um, episode eight, which is where we have Hugh and Steve in the car, oh, yes. and then we have Shirley and Theo in the car as yes. well. I really like episodes that sort of, like, have really long scenes in very, like, contained places. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's just, like, I feel like that amps up the conflict so much. Yes, agreed. Um, and so I really enjoyed that one, too. Yeah, I think I think number five um, was my favorite, The Bent Neck Lady. Oh, that was By good. far my favorite episode. I thought that oh, it was I just forget. brilliant that one television. Is good too. Um, and, I mean, we'll we talk about it. We discover a lot in that one that's as well. That's definitely yeah. a Nell storyline, but we'll yeah. definitely talk about why that is my favorite next week. Um, Brianna just took the quiz. She, um, this does not surprise me. That's wow. Me. Is, uh, <laughs> yes, that's it's me, similar Brie. to Taylor. She's got 15% Shirley, 20% Theo, 15% Steve, 10% Nell, and 5% Luke. Why is no one else the twins? No, nobody else wants to die. <laughs> um, we've got some news and gossip. I'm going to shoot it over to Taylor because um, there, since the show has come out, you guys, there's been tons of news and gossip. There's been tons of fan theories. There have been tons of little Easter eggs that has happened. So definitely, if you guys want to go and check those out, I'm sure you can just Google it. But Taylor, tell us what you found. Yeah, so one really exciting piece of news. Oh, yeah, sorry. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> Stephen King approves the show, like, million thumbs up from him. His tweet says, I don't usually care for this kind of revisionism, but this is great. Close to a work of genius, really. I think Shirley Jackson would approve, but who knows for sure. I mean, <laughs> like, I stamp agree. of approval Fair. by Stephen King is all you need. Yes. And then, something that just came out today is the Haunting of Hill House homeowners claim that they have witnessed real hauntings. <laughs> so that's insane. Well, not going there. No. Not <laughs> move. Airbnb stay away one. from Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you, Taylor for that and you guys we will have other news and segments and stuff for you as we do this four part series Um, like I said this is only part one I know I keep repeating myself Mm -hmm. but we want you guys to stay for all four parts I know we only discovered we kind of discussed mainly the first three Mm -hmm. episodes Uh, next week will be the Luke and Nell storyline which I'm very excited to talk about because I feel like if I, as I said, Theo does propel the story along, but Luke and Nell is really the center of it. They're the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and who doesn't love those little two actors who play them as children? Oh, so, um, so that is our recap of our part one, The Haunting of Hill House coverage. Um, any last thoughts, you guys? 
I'm just so excited yeah. to keep talking about Me this. Me too. I could do, I could I do it all night. Going, yeah. We could do all four points tonight, guys, but we're on <laughs> right? the time limit. Um, where can they find you all? Hi, guys. You can find me all over social media at Krista Flengy. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Alphabet underscore Ann, and I also will post the link to that quiz. And let me know what you guys got, you know, on my Twitter and in the comments. <laughs> you also can find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. Please do tweet out that link, because I'm sure everybody's very excited yes. about it. Um, I know I was when you told me about it. I am Timothy Michael. You can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. We will see you guys same time, Monday, 10 p.m. next week. Good night, guys. Bye. Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.